living, learning, and loving are all experiences that affect each one of us at one time or another. The three L's hosted by myself, Rachel Ann Dine, licensed professional counselor, is here to help you navigate life in a down-to-earth and realistic way, one podcast episode at a time. Be well and live, learn, and love to the fullest. S-E-L-F-C-A-R-E. Okay, I'm definitely a nerd, but today I'm going to talk about self-care. And what better better way to bring it up than be a cheerleader for living the self-care lifestyle. Um, So this is actually going to be a two-part podcast series. And um, this is probably one of my passion topics that I really enjoy talking about and encouraging people to live this way and just live the self-care lifestyle. Um, You know, as we all know, life, work, family, home obligations, all the above, kids can sometimes cause you to put your own needs on the back burner And before you know it, the only thing that you really have energy to do is lounge on the couch and binge watch one of your favorite shows, which I am not fully dogging that because we all know that a little mindless TV watching, maybe a little reality television, that's my my, um, guilty pleasure, it can be a momentary reprieve, a little break, a little mind-numbing even from the everyday hustle bustle of life. But I encourage you to take life a step further and really explore activities that bring you a sense of happiness. You know, one of my favorite concepts is getting into the state of flow. And this has been researched time and time again. I truthfully have a very hard time pronouncing the researcher's name. It's Chilomowski or something of that nature. But he originally brought up the concept of flow and talked about when you engage in an activity where you're creating or um, it could be playing music, going on a walk, exercising. Have you ever noticed how you hit that point and you're just lifted? You just feel mentally lighter. You're just kind of not super conscious of time because you're just so engaged in whatever task that you're doing, well, you have achieved the state of flow. And it is so healthy and such a wonderful way to try to cope in a healthy way with life stresses. Um, But the key here is that you almost have to be doing something that engages the part of your brain that you don't always engage in. So whether it's trying a new recipe, cooking, um, you know, playing an instrument, like I said, painting, drawing, something that's a little bit outside of the norm. You're probably not going to get into a state of flow watching TV. So I feel like I just kind of went on a tangent about flow, but that's kind of where my head's at today. I've been seeing clients all morning, which has been awesome. I'm super grateful to still be doing online therapy. So let's get back to living that self-care lifestyle. Um, In really evaluating this, I ask you to think about what in your life brings forth that feeling of happy. If it's some to been really some time since you've truly felt happiness, 
then we need to take a second and I encourage you to list out a couple things that you either used to do when you were the most happy that you've ever been in your life um, or things that you currently do or things that you would like to try to do if you had the time and energy. Because uh, one of the tenets of living the self-care lifestyle is I know that most of us are short on time. And if we don't make time for something, it's not going to happen. So the other piece of this is that a lot of times I hear the statements, um, it's been so long since I really even did anything for myself or took that time. I'm not even sure what I'm into anymore. So instead of seeing this as an overwhelming task, let's try to reframe it into an exploration of sorts on finding ways and being creative on creating that space for you to explore and then engage in what brings you happiness. So I, I, I liken it to this. If you experience a sense of guilt over leaving your kids at home while you and your spouse go out for date night or you go to a yoga class or in our current situation um, of being socially distanced and quarantined, maybe feeling guilt about leaving your oldest child in charge of your younger kids so you and your husband can go take a long walk, um, then you know, we got to start to reframe that and reframe it to be more empowered. Um, so instead of feeling the guilt saying I'm showing my kids a good example on what it means to practice positive self-care. So now if you're a single gal or guy, then it, everything's pretty much on you. The laundry, the cooking, the cleaning. And I certainly remember the days where it always felt like I had something to do that would almost take precedence over something else. You know, if I was in school working, then there was always laundry that needed to be done. Or I need to go grocery shopping in between my leaving work and going to school. Sometimes it is okay to just once again reframe it and say, I have to take care of myself first by doing X, Y, and Z before I tackle that load of laundry or um, clean up the kitchen, whatever it could be. Because uh, at the end of the day, those little everyday tasks are always going to be present. So it's up to you to really decide what do I need in this moment to feel empowered, get into that state of flow, what would be good for me? So um, let's go ahead and start. I have absolutely created this self-care lifestyle as um, corresponding tips to for each letter in self-care. So we will go ahead and just start right with S so s we've all heard of boundaries but now the s in self-care is we've got to set boundaries that is the first ultimate piece of living that self-care lifestyle boundaries is yet another hot topic word we hear about it all the time set boundaries set healthy boundaries what are unhealthy boundaries yada yada but i want to just really quickly put it out there that Setting a boundary doesn't have to be an elaborate process. Boundaries should be set in place so that you feel safe, content, and healthy. And that can be physically healthy, mentally healthy, 
or ultimately both. Um, so a boundary is should be set when you no longer are willing to tolerate negativity or allow toxic energy to drain you. A boundary can be set and should be set when you feel threatened, taken advantage of, or emotionally drained. So take a moment and think about where in your life do you feel a sense of unhappiness? And in these situations, I often think about the yes person. You know, that person who takes on event and activity after event and activity and never says no. And a lot of times I wonder if not saying in in not saying no, there is a fear of letting others down, a fear that if you finally say no, people aren't going to like you. And so if you identify with that aspect, I want you to consider how setting no, setting boundaries and saying no is a true form of self-love and setting healthy boundaries. So let's think about how to know when to set your boundaries. If certain emotions on the negative end of the spectrum come up after associating with a person, place, or thing, this is something to pay attention to. This is almost a good indicator that possibly a boundary is being infringed upon. If there are feelings of low self-confidence, low self-worth, or you just feel bad after interacting with that person, place, or thing, It's time to kind of figure out how do you say no to it and what needs to change for you to feel empowered to say no. So here's the caveat. If it's a person who maybe you get off the phone with a good friend of yours and you just feel taken advantage of, you're exhausted and not the exhaustion that comes from one of those soul soul searching, soul binding conversations. It's exhaustion because they've talked your ear off about all of their issues and not once asked you how you're doing. Y'all have all been there before at some time or another. It's such a common experience. But if that is a frequently occurring situation and it's always that same person, then it's time to possibly limit those interactions or figure out how to assertively and kindly bring it up to that person to see if things can change. A lot of times when you voice to someone um, a change that you would like to see happen, it may be met initially with resistance because believe it or not, most people don't like boundaries. Um, We are, for the large part, free agents or we like to be free agents. So when when you try to set a boundary, I just don't want you to feel let down if it's not met very well. Change takes time. So The best thing that you can do is identify what boundary you want to set, set it, and then be consistent with whatever boundary you're putting into place. If you've told somebody that you're not going to respond to emails after 10 o'clock, yet an email comes in at 10.15 and you respond at 10.30 because you're not doing anything else, how is that other person going to know that that boundary is really concrete because you've just gone back on what you've said? So be consistent. That is such a key. And you should never feel ashamed or embarrassed for setting your boundaries. As I said, boundaries should be in place to keep you feeling healthy and safe. And setting boundaries is freeing and healthy. So if you want to be treated in a certain way, you have to stand for something and view yourself as being worthy or receiving positive treatment from others. So 
This can be conveyed clearly through setting boundaries. So that's our S. That's S for self-care lifestyle set boundaries. E, express yourself. So in our world today, we're given so many messages about who we're supposed to be, where we're supposed to fit, what we're supposed to look like. Should we be married? Should we be single relationships? Should we have kids? Should we not? We're kind of hit from all angles. So it's up to you to choose who am I? What is my individual personality? Because ultimately, individuality is what makes the world an interesting place. So the most fascinating people that I ever come into contact with are really the ones who are totally authentic to who they are. It's, it's inspiring. And you know you're getting the real deal of who they are. So being authentic and expressing yourself comes in multiple forms, as we know. Appearance, attitude, behavior. And as long as you're expressing yourself is not harming you or anyone else, go for it. So for whatever reason, many people struggle with expressing themselves authentically. Maybe you came from a home that was not accepting of a certain lifestyle choice or how people chose to live. And as a result, you're fearful of trying to break that mold and be who you really want to be. Um, I get it. It can be scary to be completely authentic. However, it is so much more fulfilling, especially when you, one, feel connected to yourself because you're now living who who you really want to be. And two, when you're living authentically, it attracts people who also will meet you where you're at and accept you for who you are. Our world is a very big place and there's room for all of us in it. So express yourself and be who you are. Okay, so that is the E in self, express yourself. Let's move right on into L, love yourself. So I realize that ultimately loving yourself can be a little difficult. Um, Sometimes people don't feel worthy of loving who they are, but Loving yourself is really at the epicenter of your interactions with self, others, and the relationships that you will start to have with other people, whether it's romantic or just platonic. So when you truly love and recognize the value that you bring to the world, your tolerance for allowing others to take advantage of, infringe upon your boundaries, will decrease exponentially. You're not going to have time for all those shenanigans when you fully love who you are, you have set your boundaries, the doors on those unhealthy friendships and relationships will start to close. And that is not always a bad thing. In fact, it isn't a bad thing. So one of the main ways to encourage your path to self-love is to practice the almighty self-compassion. You're not a robot. You're a human being and human beings are imperfect. So I love this quote and I find it to be such a great self-compassion enhancing tool. And that's, if you wouldn't say it to a friend, then why do you say it to yourself? So if we take the example of making a mistake at work or you get into an argument with someone you really care about, um, 
a lot of times our natural reaction is to really beat ourselves up for these mistakes. And, you know, I have this conversation all the time where I will literally say, it sounds like you're being harder on yourself than anybody else is. And so if that's happening, let's zoom out and regain perspective over the situation and check in with yourself. What would you say to a friend that was bringing the same issue to you? I'm, I'm sure that you wouldn't tell them that they were an idiot or stupid or whatever other unkind thing is going on in your head. I'm sure you would, you would, I would hope, practice empathy and probably, you know, say the phrase, you're human, it happens. So let's turn that inwards and let's tell ourselves that and let's self-validate and practice that beautiful self-soothing uh, kind of mentality. So let's start to recognize the process of being kind and compassionate to you. So if you wouldn't say it to a friend, then please don't say it to yourself. So that is the L in self-care, living that self-care lifestyle, loving yourself. All right. So for today, our final kind of tip and path journey um, to obtaining and living that self-care lifestyle is F. And this one would be paying attention to your feelings, aka your God-given intuition or gut instinct. Feelings are very important. So a lot of times when we grow up, sometimes parents don't validate feelings. That can be a result of generational differences, how your family was raised. But I'm here to tell you, your feelings are very important. They are ultimately guide marks to how you feel. So think about it. If you feel sad every day, there's got to be something else going on that's causing that sense of sadness. So why would we ignore that guide guidepost, that that marker that's telling you how you feel? Um, so feelings, gut instinct, intuition, so, so important. And they were all gifted to us to help you and me steer clear of danger, get to know yourself, and get to know what you like and what you don't like. So if you don't like how something makes you feel, what causes you to keep doing it? And alternatively, if you like how something someone makes you feel, there's a good chance you'll continue to engage and you're, you're reaping the reward of having them in your life, um, having a relationship with them, whatever. So learning to sharpen your built-in sense of awareness is adding on to the already added gift of gut instinct, intuition, and feelings that we all innately have. So think of your gut instinct as your radar system. And when you meet somebody, if that internal alarm goes off, it is your job to pay attention to it. So it may be as simple as you meet somebody and they just rub you the wrong way. You don't know what it is, but there is something about them that just doesn't make you feel safe and comfortable. Now, I think about this in dating relationships. So let's not ever ignore those red flags. You can still engage with somebody, but not allow yourself to become emotionally wrapped up in that person. Um, but if you feel that pit in your stomach or the little nervousness coming about, there's a good chance that something's going on that's trying to alert you, hey, 
this may not be a good person for me to continue on with or I got a really bad vibe from that job interview that I went on. I just didn't think that that person was professional. Um, that was a personal example that happened to me. Went on a job interview um, and I'm very time oriented. I waited for like 30 minutes for this person to come out of their office. In retrospect, I never should have you know, stayed around. I should have just gotten up and left. And sure enough, after meeting that person, I felt so uneasy that of course I didn't take the job. Um, but if I had allowed my need at that time for really needing the job, wanting the job to take over, I would have pushed aside that red flag and taken it anyways. So that's kind of just an I don't know. I don't know if that's like a very deep example, but you get what I'm saying. And that's the thing about gut instinct and intuition. It comes up um, at all different times. So it becomes your job to listen to it. And it, same same thing goes with feelings. It's always okay to talk about how you feel about something. And if you're not getting that sense of validation from your family or your friends, validate yourself. It can be as simple as saying, my feelings about the situation, they are important. Jotting it down, journaling, journaling it out. Um, but feelings are also very valid. So the feelings analogy I always use quite frequently in my counseling practice is that feelings and emotions can be likened to putting a pot on boil on the stove. Even if that pot is just put on a light simmer, it will, if left for hours at a time, get so hot that it boils over and then it makes a huge mess. And the same can be said about emotions. If you don't recognize and attend to them, unexpressed feelings will eventually surface in some other way, shape, or form. So whether it's reaching to substances to numb them um, or overusing substances, starting to develop panic attacks, or engaging in some kind of unfaithful behavior to your partner, your feelings have to be addressed. And you are the only one who can do that because you're the only one who truly is experiencing them. So final thoughts on Part one of making self-care your lifestyle, we'll do a quick review. So these are the four, first four tips to start this little journey. S in self-care would be set your boundaries. E, express yourself and be who you are. L, love yourself and watch those thoughts going through your head. F, pay attention to your feelings, gut instinct, and intuition. So I will soon be back with part two. This is definitely one of my favorite topics and what better time to start it than when we are on social distancing and quarantine lifestyle because we're kind of just at the house being able to really address the thoughts that are going through our heads. So engage in that creative outlet. Try to find you some time to get into flow, whether you take a long walk in this gorgeous weather that we're having, or you start a project or sew or create music, play music, whatever. Um, engage that flow, set the boundaries, and get yourself started to not just practicing on an every now and again basis, the self-care, but making self-care your lifestyle. So hoping you guys all live, learn, and love to the fullest and take care. Stay safe out there.
If you've liked what you've heard today on the three L's, there is plenty more coming. Feel free to subscribe, like, and share. And also give me a follow on Rachel and Dine Counseling on Instagram, where I will also be sharing polls and asking you, the listener, for what you want me to talk about, questions that you may have on living, learning, and loving through life, and just general information. So thanks so much for listening, and I can't wait for the next episode. Thank mm-hmm. you.